the Holy Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. In those days a decree out, went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth to Ga in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house of, and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you all to be seated. I'm going to let you all in on a secret. Christmas and Easter are the two most stressful sermons a pastor preaches. And the reason is that we have more people in the, in the congregation. And not only that, though, the big deal is that Christmas and Easter are the high points of our church year. Christmas, where we celebrate that long-awaited, long-anticipated, long-hoped-for coming of the Messiah, the one who has been promised generation after generation, the one who is born into flesh as a sign and seal of this new covenant, this new thing, this new way of relating to the world and the entire creation, and that's a lot. And then Easter, because it's the day we proclaim that death has lost its sting because life has triumphed over death through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power of God's love. And again, that's a lot. And the problem is we hope that these are going to be our top two sermons of the year, and they just never are. Now, in, but I hope, though, in most ways it's above average that you hear tonight. At least in one way, I hope it's below average. I read a recent study that said that uh, the average length of a sermon is 37 minutes. So I, I promise a below average sermon, at least in that regard. But we, we hear this kind of expectation though, right? And I, I set this up because it's all about expectations. My expectation that it's not gonna be what I hope for. Your expectation, I hope the holy cow, he's not as bad as I thought. You know, the expectation of how long is it supposed to be, the expectation of how, how long are we going to be here, the expectation of God, how long do we have to wait for finally all the things you, that you have promised to come to pass? And we hear this, this curiosity and this hope and expectation of the fulfillment of the promises of God in some ways, in the ways that people continue to try to look at the stars and the signs and the seasons and everything else and figure out when the time that Jesus is going to return will be. You know, what was it, Tim LaHaye and, and Jenkins, they were the ones who made millions of dollars writing that series of books left behind that 
talked about when that might happen and what it might look like. You know, we become so obsessed with the way things we expect to work that when they finally get there, sometimes we miss them. And not only that, but I remember many Christmas mornings where I was so waiting to get the presents that I had hoped for. And I remember one Christmas in particular where I actually got the things I was hoping for and I was disappointed and let down. Not because I didn't get it, but because sometimes the reality of what we get just doesn't live up to the hype. And that's maybe one of the first times as a, as a kid that I felt some very adult feelings, right? That, that feeling of disappointment, that feeling of let down, that feeling that, well, maybe things aren't going to live up to the hype. We feel those, t- those things at other times in our lives. You know, we think about being children who expect that the adults are going to have all of the answers, that the adults are going to know how to handle every situation. You know, the, the, the children who look at us when, when they want something to eat, and my, my 21-month-year-old expects me to know exactly what she wants, even though she doesn't tell me yet, you know? But she does somehow have a way of getting her point across. We... You know, we look at our parents as children when somebody dies and we expect them to have the answer to to ease our hearts. We look at our parents when we're afraid and we expect them to have the answer to give us courage. We look at our parents when we've had our hearts broken for the first times and we expect them to know what to say. And I'm sorry for all of you who are teenagers and are convinced your parents know everything, but... The truth is that there is no period or point or time in our lives where finally we know everything, or finally we have all the right answers, or finally we we know exactly what to say and when to say it. We always, throughout our lives, in some ways, are just kind of winging it. And isn't that feeling a letdown when you finally realize that's going to happen to you too? You know, the, the whole thing that we look forward to this idea that we're going to know what's going on ends up being really frustrating. And Christmas is another one of those times in the church year where we talk about the difference between the Messiah that is expected and the Messiah that we get. It's, a, it's kind of a recurring theme that we've had throughout Advent, expectations versus reality. And The Messiah that's expected, I'll remind you, is the Messiah that's going to cast Rome off of the Jewish people because Rome had been occupying their land for a long time and they were ready to be done paying taxes to the emperor. You know, it was this hope that the Messiah was going to come with an army to be able to restore Israel's place in the world. It was this hope that finally the Messiah was going to be able to lift God's people back up to their place, not only as the children and chosen of God, but as that shining light for all of humanity so that they might be able to be that beacon of hope through the promise of God's covenant for all people that might see them. And so what do we expect to see when that happens? We expect the angels to be going to the kings and saying, the new king is born. You know, that we expect the angels to be going to the emperor and saying, you are not a god. We expect the angels to be going to all of the rich people and saying, prepare yourself for the new kingdom that is to come. And tonight the angel comes and the angel goes to shepherds. The angel comes and the angel goes to people who are poor. The angel comes and the angel speaks to people that maybe nobody would believe. And we wonder, is is this... 
any way for the Messiah to come into the world? Is, is this any way for God's chosen to usher in the new kingdom where all the high places are made low and all the valleys are evened out so that the road might be straight for the coming of the Lord? And this coming week and on Sunday, I'll give you a preview. You're all welcome. We worship at 8.30 and 11. We have the Holy Family fleeing to Egypt. You know, if that's not a reversal of fortune, you know, we think about where the covenants of God kind of have their beginning. And one of the chief things that we remember as God's covenant is God's promise to lead them out of Egypt where they were enslaved, out of Egypt when they were in danger, out of Egypt where they were afraid for their lives and they didn't have their freedom and through the desert to the promised land. And then all of a sudden, when Jesus is born, Egypt is the safe place. Isn't that interesting? So what does it mean then that Messiah is come and that the angel speaks not to the people we would expect, but to the people we wouldn't expect? What does it mean then that all of a sudden the places we expect to be safe are dangerous and the places we expect to be dangerous are safe? One of the things that it says to me is that God is a God who goes into the places of our comfort and causes us discomfort, and God is a God who goes into the places of our discomfort and brings comfort. And what I mean by that is this. In those places where we're comfortable, those are the places where a lot of times we rely on our own power, our own wisdom, our own judgment. We rely on the, on the idea that maybe I finally have gotten to the place where I know everything, right? But soon enough, we'll discover that that's not true. You know, we'll have something happen to us that in an instant turns us right back around again and reminds us we're not as safe as we thought. Yesterday morning, I almost got creamed by a truck as I was going around a traffic circle. And let me tell you, I, I realized really quickly just how vulnerable I am. In my discomfort, when I can't rely on how smart, I, although how smart I am is a moving scale anyway, but when I, when I can't rely on those things I normally rely on, all of a sudden I remember that, you know, I, I need that presence and that power and that hope and that acceptance that comes only from my creator because I've been reminded of my place. And this is interesting. In both those times where we feel like we're up and then we find ourselves down, and when we're low and our Creator makes us high, we, we discover the exact same thing. One is that we're not the center of the universe. And two is that we're not as clever as we thought we were. And none of us can make it alone. And in some ways, you know, this is the ultimate message of Christmas. That God, who sees us and is creating us, and loves us, sees both our brokenness and those places in which we are healed, and knows that there is a place in our lives where we need the presence of our Creator, because there is a place in our lives where we need to hear that good news, that that within us which is broken has hope for healing. And we wonder, why does the angel go to the poor people? It's because those are the people who a lot of times are willing to listen. The people who know that their lives are broken. 
the people who know that their, their times are hard, the, the people who know that they can't rely on themselves, the people who know that they need community to support them because they don't always have the resources to support themselves. And that's the second thing I think of here at Christmas is this. We all enter into this community the same way through the waters of baptism. Now here in the Lutheran Church, the congregation makes promises just the same way that the parents do. We promise to raise people up in the faith, to teach people to pray, to teach people about scriptures, to to open up our hearts and minds so that we might grow together in faith. And we realize something that is very important. Not only can we not make it through our life by ourselves, but we can't make it in our faith by ourselves. We come to places like this to sing songs and pray prayers and read scripture and join in community together because it is a reminder week in, week out, year in, year out, that not only are we not alone, but God has made a place for us and calls us to be together because it's only in community that we experience the fullness of the presence of God as we are surrounded by the people who God has created to be our brothers and sisters in Christ. We experience a love and a welcome that a lot of times we might not feel in our own families. So as we go out from this place and we do all the normal things that we do, whatever your traditions are, you know, whether it's making good food or sometimes bad food, it kind of depends on how it comes out. You know, as you, as you open presents and experience both the joy and disappointment that comes with that, also remember that you are a people with a place wherever you are. How is it that not only are you going to be a people who remember that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you have a place, but that you will make room for others who need so desperately to hear that they have a place too. Amen.